0: Uh, I'm going to take you to a very familiar passage, the Lord's Prayer, for just a quick moment. I mentioned last week that it was during my my retreat week up in Michigan that I I decided that uh, we're not going to jump into the book of Romans right in Romans 12 like I thought. I was really hoping to just kind of teach Romans 12 through 15, 12 through 16 by itself, and I just can't bring myself to do it. So we're going to start in Romans 1, and we're going to spend this fall and this winter, and this spring, walking through the Book of Romans together, starting in September after Labor Day. So, between now and then, what the Lord has laid on my heart is to just have you, have us, walk through some psalms together. It's a big book, I say book, it's a book of psalms. There's 150 psalms, and we're gonna take a psalm a week, and we're going to pray through each psalm. Now, let me just kinda tell you right up front, If you're thinking, wait, I'm uncomfortable just kind of doing all that prayer stuff. Like I came here to just hear three points and a poem and just kind of some kind of nice little That's not what you're gonna get today. So just if if that's not what you're looking for, nobody's gonna hold you guys. You can just get up and walk right out or you can get through it and next week not come back. I'm fine with that. But I'm just committed, as the Lord just convicted me and I'm trying to convict you We need to pray more. And I believe that God's word is the start of prayer, meaning God's word is him talking to us, and then we responding back in prayer is just a good thing to do. So we're going to do this series called Praying the Psalms. And I want to give you a couple of resources for you to think about and take with you. Um, this one, it's called Praying the Bible by Donald Whitney. Uh, there are a number of copies on the back table. You are free to take one. I encourage you to read through it. It's a quick read, just a couple hours. And really what uh, Dr. Whitney does, Donald Whitney, is helps us just start with Scripture And letting that guide our relationship with God. So grab one of these. In fact, it's kind of a cool story. Uh, Pastor Mike is taking a class from Dr. Whitney down at Southern Seminary uh, this fall, so he'll get to know him a little bit. I got a chance to meet him in the hallway last time I was down there. I'm like... You've had such a tremendous impact on my life. I was total man crushing, but he's probably used to it, so I'm not too worried about that. But helpful book, grab that. The other one is for those of you who just really would like to be stretched and understand what's behind some of the things we're doing, is this book by Daniel Henderson called Old Paths, New Power. And he really writes a lot to pastors here, but church leaders in general, on helping them think through how prayer isn't just a program in the church. It's not just a checkbox, but it's a culture of what we do. And he kind of argues for and and walks us through how to have scripture-fed, spirit-led, worship-based prayer. And so if you notice for the last, I don't know how many months, we've been trying to do more of that in our service as well. I want to take what he teaches in this book another layer deeper this morning. And we're going to start in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, and it's going to show us a pattern that we're going to use to pray through Psalm 1. Lord's Prayer is special. We all know that. It doesn't really matter what church tradition you come from. The Lord's Prayer plays a a role in that. Sometimes uh, I get a little concerned as those churches where it's almost like the Lord's Prayer becomes a magical formula. Where you just kind of, it's an incantation where you just use the words. That's really not what Jesus meant at all. He meant to teach his disciples a pattern of prayer. Yeah, here are kind of some categories and some approach where you start here and move here and move here and move here. And, and I want to give you just kind of Daniel Henderson's understanding of that. You know, Jesus is what he's doing is in this pattern of prayer. He's saying these are the kinds of things to include in your conversation with God. Here are areas of your life to talk to God about. And over the centuries uh, from Jesus' time on, there's been different approaches or outlines, the ways to describe the Lord's Prayer, which is fine. And I'm going to just give you Daniel Henderson's, his terminology for the pattern of the Lord's Prayer. Nothing super spiritual, it's just a way to do it. And it's it's four R's, and it's going to be in your notes or your bulletin there. And he calls it the four four. I'm not a musician. He is, Daniel Anderson, and I had to look up what a 4-4 was. And and I'm like, so I I actually copied it from Google. It says, um, uh, it refers to the 4-4 time signature. The numbers tell you that each measure will contain a four-quarter note beat. No idea what that means, but all I can remember is growing up in church, And the hymn leader went like this, over and over again. Yeah, that's okay. Well, the pattern of prayer, he says that's a good picture because we're going to go up, then we're going to come down, and then we're going to go in, and then we're going to go out. Let me walk you through it, the Lord's Prayer, before we look at the psalm. So in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, the Lord's Prayer starts with, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Who are we talking to? We're talking to the Father, Holy is your name. You are holy. In your notes here, this is is the reverence. This is the first part of that pattern, the, the up part, where we identify and celebrate God's praiseworthy attributes. Reverence begins with acknowledging the wonder, majesty, and character of God. With an open Bible in front of us, we ask, Who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord God? What have you revealed about yourself in this section of Scripture? How do I honor you? So this is a starting point, reverence. Literally, you could take any passage of Scripture and say, okay, what is this telling me about who God is? But then, verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven This is our response, where we surrender to him. Okay, this is who you are. Now I'm going to say, okay, your will be done. Your kingdom come. Response, this is that downward, arises from the worshiping human heart. All I am, surrendering to the revelation of all he is. In the movement, we yield our will to his, and our mind an agenda to his mind and agenda. Often this response can be guided by the passage in front of us and by, ask, by asking, given what these verses say about you, God, how do you want me to respond to you today? So reverence, response, now we look at verses 11 and 12. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us what we need. And then forgive us Our debts, our sins, as we have also forgiven our debts or those who have transgressed against us. Here's the third R. This is where it goes inward is requests, where we ask the Spirit to guide our prayer over our concerns, things that are weighing heavy on us, but then also for the resources we need and for oftentimes the repair of relationships. Requests emerge, this is the inward movement, emerge as the simple answers to the question, what should I pray about? Where we allow the verses that we're looking at in the moment to guide our requests in connection to the resources and relationships. Now, I want to be real careful as I describe this because I know that some of you come from the same kind of background that I do. In my church upbringing, Wednesday nights was prayer meeting, and we would gather sometimes in the sanctuary or in the cold, dark basement. I just remember that as well. But uh, we'd gather, and, and usually the pastor was... He would say it's a devotional, but as a kid, I felt like it was a longer sermon than Sunday morning. But it was, he would talk for a bit, and then he would say, okay, who has prayer requests? And everybody would write down prayer requests, and that would go on and on and on and on. And then someone would say, okay, I guess we got to pray. And we'd pray for about five minutes, and we would be done. And I, I, I'm not judging anybody, but, but the, there's something about starting with who God is, responding in surrender, then bringing our request to the Lord out of the passage. And so you're going to see even a little bit of that this morning as we talk about what requests do we bring to the Lord. And he talks about concerns, those are things weighing heavy on us, but also resources. You know, we don't necessarily, you know, daily bread is just saying, God, can you give me what I need Today? What are the resources I need to follow you? But then also, if, if my relationship is broken with you because of sin, I, I need your forgiveness. But oftentimes, the horizontal relationship struggle too. We bring those requests to the Lord. And we finish with verse 13 Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The fourth R is readiness, encouragement, and strength for the spiritual battle. This is the cry for readiness and outward focus to be made for spiritual battle. What will we face today in a sinful and hostile world? We can receive strong encouragement from the text that we've been praying through. This is God's way of helping us overcome the attacks of the enemy. It's also why in our Our flow of worship on Sunday mornings, our liturgy, we begin with God is holy, we move into we are sinners, the time of confession, but then it's Jesus saves us, we celebrate that, we show gratitude, but also then we say Jesus send us. So you're here this morning not to just get filled up for your sake. We're all to be filled up and, and to, we, we gather together and even we, we take communion together and all these, these special things that we do so that we can go be God's people in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in our families. And, so that, and that is a spiritual battle. So reverence, response, requests, and readiness. You'll see more of that and we'll use that as time goes on. But now I want you to jump over to Psalm 1. It's only six verses. We'll go through it fairly quickly this morning. In fact, I was done early for service, so no guarantees. It all depends on how much you want to pray with me. So we'll see how spiritual you are. We'll, we'll kind of compare the first two services. I'll give you a grade. I'm half kidding. Uh, we don't know who the author of Psalm 1 is. Doesn't tell us. Could be David. Could be someone else. We do not know. But I want you to think of Psalm 1 as this way it lays the foundation for the rest of the Psalms. And it does it in this way it gives you two options. It contrasts two different paths of life, two different outcomes, and you can only choose one. You and I are used today to a lot of the options. When you wanna go buy, I mean, I don't care what it is, you go on Amazon, and you've got 30 billion different pens, or car parts, or I don't care what it is, or you go into the coffee shop, and you got latte, cappuccino, macchiato, I mean, just whatever, choice, 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 choice. Sometimes I like to just tell me one or the other, and I can decide, flip a coin, and you can do it. That's what this is, and you and I are faced with the choice, are we going to go the way of the righteous, or are we going to go the way of the wicked? Only one can be choos- chosen, chosen. So let me read for you this psalm. We're just gonna—I'm gonna read the whole psalm. We'll just walk through it together. So blessed, by that way, that word means happy, means um, just favored. I uh, had to write a paper this last week on—I um, was had to critique a secular book on um, how to find happiness. And so, uh, I had to, in response to that, I had to write, as part of my paper, a biblical theology of happiness. And I found, you know what? That's not something I think about very often. So, as I began to approach it, like, immediately, all the smart people said, Psalm 1. But they also said, Matthew 5, which we'll talk about in a minute. But happy, blessed favor is the man, the person who walks, who does, lives life, not in the counsel of the wicked, not listening to the advice of the people who hate God, nor standing in the way of sinners, meaning they're, again, partnering with people who don't love God, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, those who are very much against God. So blessed is the man who doesn't connect with all of them, but instead his delight, his joy, his identity is in The law of the Lord. What's the law of the Lord? It's the word of God. It's what God says. If he delights in the law of the Lord and on his law, on God's word, he meditates day and night, he thinks about it over and over and over again. I have never been able to shake the picture that some teacher, pastor, I don't know who it was, taught me about meditation is the cow chewing his cud, now again, I didn't. I grew up somewhat in farm country. We'd buy the half a beef a year or something in the freezer. So at least that was a familiar with that much. Or uh, I, I do remember that. For my good bit of my upbringing, uh, we had dairy farmers who worked at our, who went to church with us, and they would bring us these pickle jar, gallon size uh, of uh, um, milk to, to church, and it had this much cream on the top, and so just mix it in there. I can't imagine the fat calories and all that, but that was, that was life growing up. But, but a cow, okay, I'm not gonna gross you out, you got a little bit of time before lunch here, they have four stomachs, and they'll, they'll eat chew it up, swallow it, and then bring it back up, chew it up again, goes into a second stomach, bring it back up, chew it again, and it goes through something like that. I mean, you can go look it up yourself if you want more details. But the cow just sits out there and chews and chews and chews and chews. You and I are to chew, chew, chew on God's Word. We just think about it, meditate on it. When's the last time that you really just dwelt on a verse of God? We're not very good at that. You know why? Short attention spans. Like, think about this, think about this, think about that. We did it all over the place. He saying, no, 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 we find our delight in just meditating on what God has to say. If we do that, we're going to be like a tree that's planted by streams of water. You know, getting that resource there, it's, it's available. And then that leads to yielding it's fruit in its season. So the tree gets the nutrients it needs. It blossoms and produces fruit. And then its leaves don't wither, does not wither, because it has that water, that, those nutrients it needs. In all that he does, he prospers. That's the picture of someone who delights in the law of the Lord, meditates on it. In contrast, the wicked, not so. They're like the chaff that the wind drives away. The chaff is the, the stuff when they separate the grain that you need, the wheat and other grains, all the leftover stuff, they don't need that anymore. And the threshing floors, when they throw that up and the wind would take away the chaff and the stuff they don't need anymore, that is the wicked. The wind drives them away in contrast with the fruit of the tree. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. So the wicked aren't going to last, it says. The sinners aren't going to last in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. We have a choice. The way of the righteous, the way of the wicked. What I want us to do this morning... Again, I know for some of you this might feel a little uncomfortable, so I just encourage you to, you're welcome to participate or just listen, that's fine too. But we're gonna, um, we're gonna begin with reverence, but actually, before I, I, I forgot to mention this to you, I want to point out how much Psalm 1 is like Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 through 7. Psalm 1 begins with, blessed are those who, da da, da Phil, we just read it, okay, Psalm, or uh, Matthew 5 begins in the Beatitudes, blessed are, and there's a whole list, happy is the one, and wh- the, the difference in Matthew 5 from Psalm 1 is that in, Psalm, in Matthew 5, we are blessed because the kingdom of Jesus, the kingdom of God, is now available to us. I don't believe the list are things that we aspire to in Matthew 5. I think it doesn't matter whatever life-difficult situation you're in, you are now blessed. You can be favored. You can enjoy life because the kingdom of God is now available to you. But also, here's what's beautiful. Psalm 1, you have two options. Go this direction, go this direction. The end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, hey, guess what? you have two options, and he does it in two ways. Matthew 7, verse verse 13, he says, wide is the gate that leads to what? Anybody remember? Destruction. But then he says, narrow is the way that leads to life. So all of Jesus' teaching comes down to, hey guys, uh, you get to choose. Are you gonna go towards destruction, like most people, or are you gonna go towards life? smaller group of people. And then he also finishes with, he gets done with his his sermon and he says, if you hear my words and do them, it's like building your house on rock. But if you hear my words and don't do them, it's like building your house on sand. Because the storms of life are gonna come and the question is, is your house going to make it or not? And so we have a choice, Jesus gives a choice as well, just like we have a choice in the Old Testament, choice in the New Testament. All right, I find it interesting that the Israelites, they would sing this psalm, we're going to pray it, okay? I'm sure we could sing it, come up with some kind of melody, but we'll leave that for another day, go, go write, a, go write a, um, some chords for it or something, we'll, we'll sing it, but um, all right, here we go. Let's begin with reverence, and we're going to go fairly quickly through this, okay? Identify and celebrate God's praiseworthy attributes. Let me give you, real quick, three attributes from this passage that I want us to respond to in prayer. First, God is a God of blessing, He's the source of truth and delight. He's the source. Okay? That's something to be praised. He is worthy. Those are attributes. He's a God of blessing. But number two, he's our sustainer. He's the source of our fruitfulness. So he's that, he's that water that is feeding the tree. His word is that. But thirdly, and rightly so, he's the all-knowing judge of the wicked and the righteous. Not me and you. He is. So, here's what we're going to do. We're going to start with some public prayer. I'm going to put some, some prayer prompts on the screen. And I want to encourage you to just lead out, even if it's in your own. Um, you can just pray between you and the Lord. But I encourage some of you to just lead out and, and we'll, we'll finish these statements. So, let's start with this one Father, thank you that you have been our source of blessing in what? Who would just respond to that in prayer? Out loud this brief thank you that you have been our source of blessing in what our trials. our trials yeah even in our trials you've been a source of blessing what else just a few more we'll go quickly through this in the heat. yeah in the heat <laughs> Physically, spiritually, and metaphorically, yes. What else? Our source of blessing in what? Change. Yeah. Lots of change, brother. The next one. We delight in your law because. This one should be a little easier for you. We delight in your law because what? Fill that in. Yeah, God's law is perfect. What else? Yeah, that that doesn't change. It's not fake news. You're right. What else? Your law gives us direction. Yes. What else? It knows knows what's best for us. Daryl. what was it? Yeah. It's it's uh, it's got something for us. Yep. It's relevant. What else? Father, we just oh, go ahead. Keeps us to you. Yeah. It is it is a um a conduit to be in a relationship with God. He's revealed. Himself to us. Thank you, Father, for your word. We we delight. We want more delight. Help us. Here's the third one. Like a tree firmly planted by water, you have given us what? Let's let's remind of God back to Him. We're we we are basically saying thank you. We're we're celebrating the resources he's given us. What's he given us? Like a tree firmly planted by water, you've given us what? Your word. Start a Good starting point. What else? Abundant life. Yeah, not just life, but lots of it. Yeah. Son, Jesus Christ. What else? Yeah. Life isn't meant to be boring because he's, Blessed us, you know? <laughs> yeah. From the sun and the heat, yes. Father, I just think that um, we live in a day and age with so many blessings your word, uh, in any language we can think of, Um, books and teachers and um, resources and videos and just all these things that, that should help us walk with you if we take advantage of them. Thank you. So now what I want to do is, you know, so we move from reverence to who, who God is, what he's done for us, but now let's respond as a surrender to him in his ways. And I, I want to let you do this just between you and the Lord, okay? So no, no public, uh, we, we have folks who don't hear my instructions and they end up praying out loud. I don't want you to feel awkward about that, okay? So uh, this is just between you and the Lord. I'll give you just a few minutes here. And I want you to respond to this. Father, I confess, I have sat, walked, and stood in the paths of the ungodly when. And I want to let the Spirit bring to mind those times in your life, whether it be recent or past, I don't. whatever the Lord lays on your heart, and just confess that to Him right now. I confess I have sat, walked, and stood in the paths of the ungodly when. Just between you and the Lord, just for a moment or so. Father, too often um, we go the wrong direction. We live the life and the path of the ungodly, the, the wicked, those who do not love you. And we confess that as rebellion, as sin, sometimes just ignorance, not even knowing better. But we're thankful for the opportunity to come back and surrender to you. And this is our way of doing that. Your kingdom come, your will be done. We confess. And now we move to requests, where we ask the Spirit to guide our prayer over concerns, resources, relationships. So let's, let's go back to public. I just want a few of you to just speak out. We're almost done here. Um, Father... Help us to delight in your law when we are tempted to what? How would you finish that? Help us to delight in your law when we're tempted to what? Yeah. Yeah, guilt and shame keep us from the Lord. What else? What else? Yeah, just straight up sin. Up. Yeah, it's hard sometimes. Help us to delight in your word, Lord, when we're tempted to what? Yeah. Yeah, that's a big voice. Sometimes it's more appealing. We delight in that. And we're tempted to be lazy. We're tempted to doubt the truth in your word. Help us. Here's another one. Father, we're trusting you to sustain us and allow us to bear fruit as we what? This is our request. We're trusting you, Father, to to give us what we need and allow us to bear fruit as we do what? Fill in that blank there. As we pray, yeah. Yeah. Just live life every day. You yep. know, we want to bear fruit in those relationships. Yep. What else? We finish by thinking outward. Encouragement and strength for the spiritual battle. So here I want you to just, um, we'll finish with just between you and the Lord. You finish this morning. Let the Spirit help you pray this. When I am prone to doubt, remind me that you know my way when. Give you just a moment between you and the Lord. When I'm prone to doubt, remind me that you know my way when a conversation with God just for a moment. Lord, I thank you for Psalm 1. I thank you for Matthew 6. Thank you for your word. Thank you that it's good and truthful. Thankful that it has authority and uh, sufficiency. And I pray that uh, we will find delight in it. Would your spirit help us with that? I confess that too often the things of this world feel more delightful. Stupid YouTube videos and news and story this, story that. But God, I just pray that uh, you would continually pull us back into meditating on your word and choosing the way of the righteous, choosing to be nourished by you and not by the world so that we can bear fruit. We can invite those around us into a relationship with you. Just help us with that, Father. Help us to know how to be in the world but not of the world. Those are challenging things to think about and challenging um, decisions to make. Help us, I pray. We love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.